Hey team, welcome to the NFL show, Mojo Sports, uh, season two, episode 51. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, Dan Frost here, filling in for Alex Barker, should be back next week. Uh, team, let's dive straight into this one. And, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of time now, but let's uh, take our minds back to last week of games that sort of came by. And um, as always, plenty of drama, plenty of controversy, some favorites won, some underdogs got up as well. Let's go with Laura. What was your sort of big takeaway from uh, from the previous week? Well, I think that there's some serious change that's going to be happening in Denver. I mean, I think everyone's now seen that clip. Uh, Jamie sent it in the group chat earlier of Russell Wilson coughing an earful. And, you know, I think that explains the whole league's reaction to this team at the moment. Um, you know, I don't think Russell's got too many problems, but I do think there'll be a coaching change. Daniel Hackett's going to be out of there. And what they need to do is they need to bring in a guy that actually says, you know what, Russell, this is your offense. Let's play the style of football that works best for you because that's not what they've been doing. Um, you know, Russell has gotten slower. He has been having a few issues, but I do think the man's still a superstar. That talent is there and you need to build the team around him instead of slotting him into what you want the team to look like. I refuse, so that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I refuse to believe it. I feel like I'm in some sort of nightmare. Like I cannot believe that a player of Russell Wilson's talent has just fallen completely off a cliff within such a short period of time. You know, it, it, you know, he's obviously regressed. We, we know that. We can see that in his play. But you're exactly right. Russell Wilson is going to get everyone fired until yeah. they can figure out someone that can just get a little bit out of him because with that contract, he's going nowhere. But at the moment, ugly scenes. He was a little bit scared of that defensive player coming over. I'd probably be yeah. the same in Russ share some similarities with our five foot tall height there. So uh, yeah, shout out to that defender who was not too impressed. Um, Jamie, what about yourself? Um, again, where, you know, the, 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 the league started to settle down. We started to see a little bit of consistency, but I guess what I'm starting to see is a few injuries around results are starting to sort of get a little bit uh, chaotic again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think my biggest takeaway personally of the week was how good uh, the running backs have been this season, as well as some offensive lines. Like, obviously, the Eagles have been dominant. They had 363 scrimmage yards uh, today. But also, we saw a huge game from Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas, uh, game-winning touchdown in overtime. Even his first touchdown before that, it was all over social media. It was unbelievable, uh, just dipping and dodging everything. Um, outside of that, though... Luckily, I don't think we had too many bad injuries this week overall. There was a bit of a worry with Travis Etienne, but I think Doug Peterson was saying to the Jaguar report afterwards that he could have come back and played. Um, It was just a question of being a bit cautious. Uh, But yeah, I'm sure we'll get to the Jags later on. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Riley, what about yourself? Um, Again, you know, we're hearing some love for some running backs, some defensive players. I mean, you know, what is this season 2022? It's been a bit weird, huh? I honestly have no idea. And think that the NFL, the, oh, sorry, the NFL, the NFC least as it used to be called, they're now dubbing the NFC beast because at the moment all four teams would would qualify for playoffs if the season ended today. Um, and then you have what should have been the, uh, I guess, the power force of the AFC West, like the Broncos are a dumpster fire. And then teams like, the Chargers who are not living up to expectations, um, the Raiders um, who've pulled off two overtime wins in a row now um, walk off overtime wins. Like 
they're playing almost to the caliber that they should be, but they're just not being consistent throughout the and game. And they're not getting the results. You're right. There's like a handful of teams that, you know, they're bad in the league. You know, they're, they're losing a lot of games, but not by much. They're consistently losing football games, which, again, you talk about people getting fired. No, I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, team, my, my takeaway was Tom Brady, the Bucks. you know, death, taxes, and Tom Brady getting a dub after a bye. That's usually a thing. Uh, gamble responsibly. That obviously didn't didn't occur. But I, I guess we, we, we really have a good understanding of some of these teams now. And the Bucks' offense is, you know, forget the star names, forget the names on the back of the jerseys. The offense is trash, you know, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see. And we've spoken about it before, how the Bucks are going to do this little rebuild on the run. Is Tom Brady going to be in or out? What does their draft look like? And again, just trying to get away from these star names because they are just not producing. All right, team, exciting times. Let's dive straight into this week, though. Where are we at? Are we up to week 13 already? All right, guys. Well, let's dive into it. The two key games we'll be talking about tonight, really excited to dive into them. The first one, I mean, these are two teams where a few years ago, they would have laughed at us for featuring them. But here we go. Let's dive into it. The Detroit Lions taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean... Again, we, we spoke about how quirky 2022 is, but but here we are. Laura, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk Lions, huh? They, they've, they've had a little bit of something-something over the last little while. You know, it's interesting. I didn't actually expect the Lions to be in this position. I think their four wins have been positive, but coming off a tough loss to the Bills, you know, I was really excited to see the football that they were playing, but... You know, Thanksgiving and the Lions are just two combos that don't mix. They're 0-6 now on Thanksgiving games. You know, the problem with this Detroit team is just these little mistakes that really start to come at them by the time you get around to that fourth quarter. Jared Goff, you know, he's a he's a, he's all right. He's doing okay. But these little mistakes that he makes, these poor passings, you know, missed field goals, little things that just creep up and they lose the game for them. You know, this is a team that doesn't have the ability to complete a game. And that's why they're at four and seven. You know, I think Dan Campbell is a great guy. We've all enjoyed watching him, his press conferences, his emotion, his joy and love for this team. But really, nothing's happening. They're not in the position they should be for the changes that they've made. It's such a, they're such an interesting team, aren't they? Because Dan Campbell, he has all the motivation. I think he, you know, he's a leader of men for sure. And, I, and I'd like to see him stick around because I just think that, 10, 15 years from now, because, you know, he's a young guy, you know, didn't play so long ago. He, he, you know, he's obviously going to pick up the technical side of things, but he certainly needs to surround himself with some of the best coaches to really, um, you know, get this thing moving. All right, Jamie, Laura kind of touched on it. Where do you stand on Jared Goff? Because, you know, in past years, you see a young team like the Detroit Lions. They are young. They're making silly, youthful mistakes. Their, their quarterback's pretty average. You know, don't we just sort of upgrade the QB and this team goes on a playoff run? Is it that simple? What's your thoughts on the golf situation? I think he's serviceable. I think also he's been made to look a bit better behind the offensive line that the Lions have. Um, they've been very good at protecting him all year as well as helping with the run game. Uh, I think they've only had 17 sacks across 11 games, which is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think with the with the talent they've got around golf, it makes him look a bit better. I don't think he's going to be that quarterback that takes you to the next step, though. Riley, same question to you, but mate, let's dive into the draft. And I know we'll talk plenty of draft as we get closer, but the Lions, they are laughing. They've got the Rams 
first round pick. And obviously when you make that trade, you're thinking, okay, you know, the Rams, they're probably going to finish at least, you know, worst case scenario, maybe the top six, you know, it's probably, probably where that, where that's going to kind of land, which puts you right at the back end of the first round. The Rams have absolutely imploded. The Lions are sitting, the Lions are sitting pretty. They've got their pick. They've got the Rams pick. I guess, you know, they're probably just going to throw a young quarterback into into the team just because they've got the picks. But, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on the Detroit Lions so far this year? There's a lot of interesting things happening around the franchise for, and it's it's been a little while. I mean, as a Bears fan, I don't really like anybody in my division doing well, but it's better than the Packers. And to see <laughs> them above the Packers, like, it just makes your heart warm. Um, I've, I rate Goff. I always have. I thought he was a bit unlucky in L.A. Um, big girly fan when they didn't sign him and they got rid of Goff. I was a bit mad. Obviously, it worked out for them. Um, you know, trade for Stafford, go and get a Super Bowl. But I think Goff has still got a few years. He's definitely not under, like, the top 32. Like, I still think he makes it in that top 32 quarterbacks at the moment. And I think if they stick with him they do something similar to what Kansas did with Mahomes yes absolutely yep they're not in a position where you know they're they're one piece away from a Super Bowl they're a couple of pieces they've got a young team if they the smart thing I think would be to trade that first pick this year because we know that there are teams who are going to get a higher pick they're going to get the top two or three QBs before them who are projected to be those franchise kind of guys, they can get a third-round draft pick of a quarterback who will easily be better than, I think, Sudfeld is their current backup quarterback. Um, I love know, Yeah, no, I, I, I love all the different strategies ar- around the draft. It's, it's getting me... It's getting me excited. I mean, you know, the potential to, to take a Bryce Young, you know, maybe we got we got to figure out these platform shoes, just get that little bit more height with him, sitting for a year under golf. He'd be a, you know, an okay mentor. No, look, and well, there you go, Detroit Lion fans. You know, we haven't spent a lot of time here on the Mojo Sports Podcast breaking down your team. But, you know, we've been watching a few wins there. They're starting to build towards something. But they've hit an equally uh, unique team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Laura, back over to you. You know, this whole Trevor Lawrence situation has really done my head in uh, since he's entered the league, but we saw a little bit of life out of him last week. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the matchup, I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams at the moment and two quarterbacks that I would put on on the same page. But, you know, at the beginning of this season, Dan, I remember we were sitting here and we were saying, holy crap, are the Jags good? Now, while that momentum hasn't followed through the season today, uh, this game was a reminder that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is a superstar. In some way, he still needs to be molded, that he still needs people around that, but he does have the talent. I think, you know, this is not the second year that we expected from him. I personally, after those first few games, did expect him to really kind of take it up a notch, but that just hasn't happened yet. I'm not quite sure, you know, does he need a superstar receiver? Is that something that they need to look at doing further down the stretch? But, you know, their four wins have been interesting wins. Wins over the Chargers, wins over the Raiders, and now a win over Baltimore. I mean, I wouldn't have called that win today. And Doug Peterson put the ball in his quarterback's hand, trusted his team, and that's how we got where we got. Um, you know, I don't know how this game's going to go. I really don't. I think the Jags are going to be at a disadvantage if Travis is not playing their running back. If he remains questionable, that's going to be a serious hindrance. Um, but really, I I can't really discern between these two teams. It's going to be a very even matchup. 
Yeah, both teams are inconsistent. Uh, it's just trying to figure out when they, uh, you know, when they're going to turn it on. Yeah, I'd be interested to see just surrounding the Etienne uh, decision to not bring him back on, or if if his injury was a lot worse. But let's say he could have made it back on. The fact that he didn't make it back on is quite an interesting call from the Jags. I mean, is that telling of their outlook for the rest of the season? In that sense, they don't want to necessarily put their their top end talent in as much uh, risk as they could necessarily be in. Yeah, especially after he got injured in that first year, it's it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, Riley, where are we giving the love here? Laura kind of touched on it, you know, like Trevor Lawrence. Okay, let's be honest. He's been so disappointing, you know, since he's come into league. I mean, this guy was supposed to be the next Andrew Luck, the next Peyton Manning. You know, this this was the guy. Uh, but, you know, he's he's really, really struggled. You know, we blame the dysfunction uh, of the Jags. But, you know, this season things are kind of turned around. But, I don't know, with that veteran coach there and Doug Peterson, I'm just trying to work out who gets a little bit of credit here. Would you go coach? Would you go quarterback? A little bit of both. Um, yeah, how are the Jags sort of finding life at the back end of this season? I'm going to give it a bit of both. I mean, I've been a Trevor hater since he was at Clemson, sitting here with my Burrow jersey on. I never rated him that highly. Yes, he was a great quarterback, but I think also it comes down to what you've got around you. Clemson always had a stellar stellar cast, good defense. But today, though, probably the best, definitely the best of the season for him, if not career. Um, You know, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions which I think is a big point, Not no turnovers from him at all. And then I think that coach inspiration, like a coach is such a big thing, and I've spoken about it previously, that respect that you have from your coach and that you then give back to, to them is, is such a big deal. For Peterson to literally go, if we don't get this score, we're literally going to lose. I'm going to put it in my quarterback's hands. Let's go. Let's win that game. And you know, it was a it was a beautiful pass. Like it was on the money. If it wasn't going to be the receiver catching it, nobody was. And you know, I think that just instills that bit of confidence that I think he probably lacked after having a terribly coached season last year. So I think it's a bit of both. He's seeing some growth, but I think that comes from that coaching that he's getting too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I lean towards Peterson as well in terms of giving him a little bit of love because we know what the type of coach he is. You know, when you think about his time in Philly, they scored a lot of points, but you wouldn't say they were absolutely explosive, this amazing offensive unit. He really built that team from the inside out in the trenches. And, you know, that's something that we haven't seen from the Jags. You know, there was that little period member, you know, Saxonville, where they had that awesome defense. But since then, they've just been seen as a bit of a bit of a weak team uh, mentally and physically. So, yeah, things are starting to turn around. All right, guys, uh, good luck. Uh, talk about gamble responsibly. This is going to be a little bit of a chaotic game. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to give you first crack at this one, mate. What's uh, what's your prediction here? I'm going to go with the Lions. Um, I like the efficiency they have around, uh, or in the red zone, especially within five yards. They get that ball in Jamal Williams' hands. He's got white line fever. He's getting it over that line, definitely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to pick Lions with this one. Uh, excellent. Uh, Laura? Yeah, I'm going to echo Jamie. I definitely think... Uh, the the Lions have this one. You know, maybe the Jags need to bring back Gardner Minshew. Maybe that's the answer. Bring back the shoe, the most interesting <laughs> quarterback in the world. Um, no, I just, I think, you know, the Jags, we have seen some exciting things from them, especially this last week, but there's still a lot of pieces to that puzzle. So, yep, Detroit. Yeah, look, I'm going to go Jags. I mean, I don't have a lot of confidence. I'm going to go with the upset. And just one little thing I'd love to see out of Trevor towards the back end of the season, although to Jamie's point, let's not get him injured. I would like to see him use his feet a little bit more. He plays 
the pocket quarterback very, very well, but we know that that's getting a little bit outdated in the league. I think, and I know that there's a little bit of hidden athleticism uh, underneath that quarterback there in Lawrence, which we saw uh, back at college. So yeah, if we can just see a little bit more from his legs, get him moving a little bit more, I think there's levels to to him. And if we can just keep progressing him towards the back end of this season, that will be a fantastic outcome for the Jags. Riley, thoughts on this game? I'm I'm going to pick the Lions. You know, don't really like going for somebody in my division, but I do think I think they've just got hype. I think the team as itself, it you know, they're winning games finally. They're having fun doing it. Dan Campbell is a crazy ass coach, but he seems to sort of like galvanize the troops, get them going. So I think they'll just bring a, a, a heap of energy into the game, and I think that's what'll end up like getting them over the line. Yeah, it'll be interesting who the long-term QB is there in Detroit because uh, Campbell and Goff, they're just two very, 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 very different people. But uh, all right, guys, well, that's the first one. Let's dive into our second game. Now, this one, this is the blockbuster. Um, and again, you know, got a bit of a surprising uh, team in this one. But, you know, this is this is why we love NFL. You know, this is the game. The San Francisco 49ers taking on, yes, you heard this correctly, the Miami Dolphins. Guys, these two teams are lighting it up. I cannot wait for this game. This is going to be an absolute beauty. Um, as a Patriots fan, can't give too much love to the Dolphins. I'm going to hand it over to Laura, talk a little bit of Miami. Laura, you know, they made a few not-so-little purchases, but I don't, I don't know whether there would have been many people that would have predicted just how explosive this offense has been. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, it might be one of my favorite wide receiver pairings I've ever seen. This team is explosive. It's fun to watch. And with a healthy tour, I think there's no limits to what they can do. You know, you're right. Tyreek Hill, everyone was kind of a bit on edge. What is the signing? What's it going to mean? What is this offense going to look like? But I mean, he is a beast and he's absolutely changed this team, this offense. He's brought life back to this fan base. And I'm excited to watch this Miami game. You know, Tyreek sitting with over 1,200 rushing uh, receiving yards so far on the season. I mean, it's unreal. But also, you've got to remember that Jalen Waddle is right there with him. I think yeah. he's just over 900. So there's a lot happening. This game this past week, I mean, 30 nil at halftime. Just an outstanding performance from both the offense and the defense. The problem with this Miami team is, like I mentioned earlier, they don't really finish games as well as they could and as well as they should. I think a big thing, you know, Tua got sacked four times this week. They need to be protecting that quarterback. It's hard. He is out. He is moving his feet, which we love to see and which does help them win these games. But at the end of the day, this is an injury-prone quarterback, and I don't know how long he's going to, you know, be performing at this level of athleticism with as healthy as he is. But I think this is Miami's game as long as, you know, they protect Tua in the pocket and and yeah. let him let him throw it wild. Very, very interesting. And you look at Tyreek Hill's stats, and you've got to add a little bit more yards to it because he runs back to catch the ball from yeah. Tua. You know, he like he runs back, catches it, and then he went, <laughs> no, I'm just, just poking fun at Tua. Jamie, yeah, I've, you know, I've been watching Dolphins football for a very, very long time. Patriots supporter, they actually beat us quite a lot. Even when we were good, they still um, give us a little bit of touch-up, especially in Miami. They have really, really struggled uh to play all phases of football. You know, we've spoken a lot about the offense. That has been unbelievable. But again, uh, not to give too much uh, love to coaches tonight, but Mike McDaniels, he's a quirky dude. He's got the glasses. He's got the attitude. Um, Gen Z, is that what we're up to in terms of the generation? A bit of a younger guy. Um, he's a bit quirky, but you've got to give him some credit. He He's really brought this team together. 
Yeah, I mean, he was brought in as a uh, as a maximizer for Tua, I think, and he's definitely done that. I mean, Tua stands at a nineteen to three uh, touchdown to interception ratio. He's got the highest yards per attempt at around nine, I think it is, along with the second highest completion percentage among quarterbacks who've thrown over two hundred passes this season. Yeah, I I really like what Mike McDaniel's done. He's it feels like it's almost a sort of revolutionizing of the way that. Uh, receivers are used in offense um less less work vertically maybe a bit more horizontally try and get stuff open for Tua down the middle he's very aware like Tua's a very good quarterback in terms of his awareness um and so yeah I think everywhere that Mike McDaniel's gone obviously I think he's one of the the Mike Shanahan disciples you know and so he's probably taken some uh some lessons from there and he's helping use it with Tua and the Dolphins now yeah, it's been interesting, you know, because a lot of people's looking for that young offensive mind and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the Miami Dolphins have absolutely hit it out of the park when it comes to coaches and that's not so good for my Patriots. Riley, what are we going to do about the Miami Dolphins? Just not having that killer edge though. Uh, to Laura's point, they're just, they're not used to winning. You know, <laughs> this is all different to them. And, you know, compared to the top contenders that are just not going to give you an inch, you know, they're going to sort of put you away. Miami, they're still trying to figure this out. And let's be honest, there's still a lot of people out there that don't consider Miami to be a genuine Super Bowl threat. You know, you think of the Chiefs, you know, you think of, you know, we'll talk a little bit about their their opponent tonight as well. But what's your thoughts on Miami? Because, you know, why aren't they a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, it, it seems like they're just like a, like a one-half team. They're either on in the first or on in the second. Today, 30, at still halftime, they don't score a point in the second half. Then it comes to the Ravens game where they score 30 points in – 12 minutes or whatever it was because they had the edge, you know, whether that's the protect the lead kind of thing that they had against the Texans where, you know, 30 nil, that's a pretty big, you know, probably not going to get it. Um, So, you know, play smarter, not harder kind of situation, but you know, you have to, you have to close out those games, especially when you do have contenders in your division that are very, very close to, to being the the top seed, I think the three is three Dolphins, uh, Patriots, and I kind of think is it the Jets. They're all seven and eight wins for the year, so very very close. It's it's not like they're a standout going to make the the playoffs right now. But I think Hill has brought some some life to the team. Um, and, you know, he is statistically absolutely killing it. But what he's doing for the other players, I think is what is even better. Like, he's making Tua look better than I think he is. But he's also, yes, opening it up for Waddle, opening it up for Gusecki. The run game isn't as strong as it probably could be, but it doesn't need to be because they're, they're making the yards up elsewhere. So just, I just think that, they, yeah, they need to close out these games a bit better. Yeah, Tyreek's definitely a winner. You know, he's coming to change the culture. You know, obviously, Michael Daniels doing a great job as well. But... You know, it just gives a little bit of faith to some of the teams, not not at the bottom, but sort of those middle tier teams that, you know, one or two smart decisions and you can sort of, you know, get yourself up there. And um, yeah, it's hard to put your finger on as to why they're not a contender. Um, you know, they haven't really done it before. So everyone's expecting them to fall over um, and falling over. They might do in this game because they are coming up against a serious football team, arguably the the most informed team at the moment and a serious title contender. Uh, team, we'll go around the table and we'll talk a little bit of 49ers and then I want your predictions on this game. Laura, going to start with you. Let's talk San Fran, a team that's been very, very, uh, well, they've been very aggressive, haven't they, when it comes to player movements and that's worked out pretty well for them. 
you know, after the CMC trade, I thought all we'd be talking about was this 49ers offense, but that defense, I mean, number one across the board, hands down, they're a team you don't want to play. I'm scared being in the same division as them. Well, I'm pretty much know that they're just going to win it now. Seattle's Seattle's given up that fight, but I mean, wow. It's a great day when you get to see Nick Boza get a sack. There's nothing as beautiful. It's nice to see even as someone that's not a 49ers fan, but being able to shut out the Saints. I mean, that's a team, I think, what was this? What was the record? They One of the teams that's gone the longest without being shut out in a football game. It was an outstanding performance. Two forced fumbles from Alvin Kamara, two, which included a goal line stop and then a second goal line stop as well. I mean, this team, this defense just looks unstoppable. And I think Miami is going to have some serious issues coming up against them. You know, but in springing back to CMC, he's working in well with this offense. He might not be having the stats and the numbers that we predicted. He had a hard game against uh, New Orleans, but he's working in and he's giving this offense another option, which I didn't even think they needed, but he's showing that it's just working. And he's working because he's not a diva, you know. Yeah. A lot of the divas in the competition, there's no way they'd handle that reduced workload. But, um, you know, you, you can certainly suck it up if you're going to end up at the Super Bowl. What, what's your thoughts on this game? I mean, they're just they're both going to go at each other. Yeah, what, what, what's, your, what's your prediction? For me, I mean, I want to back Miami. I want Miami to take this. I think they are going to have some problems coming up against that defense. Let's not forget there's that injury to Miami's left tackle, Armstead. That's a guy they went out, they spent big money on him, and he really has made an impact. So without him, you know, I think that's going to be a bit of a different ball game. But, you know, I want to back Miami. I want to see this team push through. I think they can. They've just got to play smarter football. They've got to finish their drives, like Tua said in his presser. But it's going to be a tough matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers because of the defense. Uh, not very often for a lot of people that follow NFL, can you sit there and you look at your defensive playlist and be like, I know him, I know him, he's a pro bowler, he's really, really good, he's a pro bowler. I mean, that's the situation with the 49ers. Their defense is absolutely stacked, and I challenge, you know, sort of other rosters across the league to sort of have a similar roster. It, it's just not a thing, you know. This kid was drafted fifth round from, you know, Sheboygan University, never heard of the kid. You know, that's typically what you're doing. You've got to sort of patch together your roster. But the 49ers, I don't, I don't know how they've done it, you know. They've absolutely stacked their defense. Their offense is looking really, really impressive. They've got a very strange and uncomfortable quarterback situation heading their way next year, but uh, we'll dive into that in the offseason. So 49ers for me, uh, Jamie, Riley, you guys um, yeah, get to jump in on this one. Jamie, I'm going to start with you. Thoughts on the game? Um, I think that, I mean, as you guys alluded to before, I think they've probably got the best blend of offense and defense uh, on both sides. I think that if Miami are going to have any chance of winning this game, they're going to have to load up on points because I personally don't really believe in the Dolphins' defense. Yes, the Niners only scored 13 points uh, against the Saints, but the Saints, you know, they, their defensive front played well. They had uh, Jordan back, which was nice to see. So, yeah, I'll take the Niners on this one. Okay, excellent. Uh, Riley, has Jimmy G got you shaking in your boots? Or, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts? Who are Jimmy? It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I don't like either team, but I do think that San Fran are going to come away with this. I think the old saying defense wins championships is so underrated. You know, I think two is going to be running for his life a bit. Um, and I don't think Tyreek Hill can run fast enough to actually help him t- for this week's game. So I think, I think it'll be close. Um, you know, I want it to be a blowout, but I don't think it will be. I think it'll be super similar 16, 13, something like that. You know, Jimmy G doesn't have to play great. He just has to 
play good. You know, I, I heard someone say, you know, quarterbacks, there's, they make the good decision and, and they make the right decision. So he just has to make the right decisions. He has to, you know, throw the check down, not try and go for it all. He just has to play smart. The only thing I think is concerned is that McCaffrey has been playing through some knee soreness, they call it. That's why he only had something like 16 touches today. Just, I um, think just, just, just rest him in. And run deep. I mean, they're so spoiled, aren't they? Like you look at that offense, and it's just so many toys. All right, we'll take we'll take that um, tip, and we'll uh, let's let's move through now to our rapid fire section, guys. Let's power our way through some of the predictions. Uh, I'll jump in first, and we'll let's talk Pat's Bills now. Uh, overall, one of the things I've said about the Patriots has been very very frustrating in the in the post Tom Brady era is that we're not a completely awful football team, meaning we never get any good draft picks, but we're never really in contention. And that's exactly where we find ourselves this year. We're a very well-coached team on the defensive side. Uh, Special teams, they've had their moments, but overall have been pretty good. And then we've had some sort of weird, uh, you know, I'd need an entire podcast to sit down and and, and run through the the Patriots offense, which is really letting down the franchise. So again, we're just going to be middle road this year, um, giving everyone a little bit of a fight, but again, just not really having that offense to, um, to beat, um, especially anyone that's, that's a contender. I flip it over to the Buffalo bills. Interesting times for the bills. They need to really look at things, try and tidy things up. Um, you know, at the start of the year, I had them as an absolute out and out favorite, uh, for the super bowl. And then they went and did some weird things. They struggled to run the football. Josh Allen started to throw some interceptions, uh, and, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. I think, you know, for Buffalo, they really need to string some really confident wins together over the next few weeks uh, as we head into the playoffs. Um, they seem to have a few injuries here or there as well, which makes it very, very difficult, including Mon Miller. Uh, but yeah, Buffalo, they'll get the job done here. But you know, come on, let's let, let's see let's see a big win here. Um, you know, Bills Bills by at least seven. Uh, game responsibly. All right, let's move on to the next one. Texans v Browns. Wow, you talk about emotion charge this game. This is going to be. This is going to be something. Obviously, this is the return of Deshaun Watson. He returns to the Browns uh, and coming up against Texans team who obviously benched uh, Dave, uh, Davis Mills and they're moving in a different direction with with Kyle Allen. Look, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, one of the things I, I, I would anticipate is the Browns to go backwards. Uh, I actually think Jacoby Brissett, he was starting to kind of do his, do his thing. He's an average quarterback, uh, but that's kind of all you need. Um, obviously, we spoke about him beating the Bucs earlier. So, look, I, I expect the Browns to sort of drop back a little bit. I think Deshaun Watson's going to be playing pretty awful. Um, not too often can you step out of elite sport for two years and just come back and, and do the thing. So um, I, oh, I'm, I'm tempted for some crazy Texans upset. Um, probably don't have that sort of confidence, but it's going to be very, very, very tight. Very tight. Uh, Giants commanders uh, again. Giants. They were a little bit of a, a you know a great sort of fairy tale story uh, this season, but you know they are who. Uh, we thought they were, you know, they're, they're not quite that elite team. They've dropped a few games and they're coming up against a commander's team that's just fully charged on the team Heineke. Uh, Carson Wentz, he'll be out the door and, uh, you know, this young kid comes in. It just makes you wonder, wh- why go out and replace him? You know what I mean? If, you, if you've got an average quarterback, I don't know, load the rest of your roster and let's go. You're going to be paying Heineke what? You know, a carton of beer, a carton of Heineken. Can I throw that one in there? Uh, he'd be getting paid nothing, and he's doing a great job there. So, look, I'm going to go Commanders in an upset there. But, um, again, we spoke about how tough that division is. Um, yeah, credit to them. They've turned things around. All right, Jamie, uh, hand it over to you. Yeah, I'm going to start with Falcons and Steelers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Steelers look like against the Colts uh, tomorrow. Uh, let's hope that all their players stay healthy so that my prediction for whatever comes next uh, actually holds true. 
Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to watch the Falcons try and run the ball. Uh, the Steelers' run defense has actually been pretty good this year. They're only giving away four yards per carry. Um, on the flip side of that, the Falcons' defense is pretty god-awful. Um, I'd look to Najee Harris to have a good matchup here. Uh, so in that sense, I think I'm going to take the Steelers, but I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a blowout. We've seen the Steelers had a pretty anemic offense from week to week. Uh, but yeah, still Steelers is my pick. Uh, moving on to Ravens and Broncos. Broncos suck, guys. We've talked about it already. Uh, Laura already said the defense was getting visibly angry with Russell on the on the sideline. Uh, he had a 29 QBR uh, against the Panthers. I mean, oh my Lord. Uh, the Ravens offense has also been pretty dodgy the last couple of weeks. But that said, they still have the third most rush yards in the league. Uh, they're around 5.3, 5.4 a carry. Um, and yeah, look, I said it last week, guys. The only way the Broncos have a chance in any game is their defense. And at this point in the season, I don't think you can expect them to be as fit, as healthy, but also mentally ready uh, for, for all these games. So yeah, I think the Ravens win and I don't think it's close. Bucks Saints. Uh, we've seen the Bucks uh, beat the Saints earlier this season, but the last couple of years the Saints have had the number on the Bucks, so it makes this second matchup of the year quite interesting. Uh, the Saints had a great defensive game against the Niners, despite losing that. Um, I'd, I'd expect them to give Tampa's offense real grief there, uh, especially with uh, Lenny Fournette being out this last week. Although Rashad White, you know, he's an interesting young piece for the for the franchise. The Saints passing game isn't too bad if you can look past the second, uh, giving away the second most amount of touchdowns in the league. Uh, funnily enough, the third is the Bills. So that's something to keep note of going into the playoffs. Um, we know Tampa's strength defensively is stopping the run. So if the Saints can air the ball, uh, then maybe they've got a chance uh, despite the poor offensive game against the Niners. Um, the team is quite different from the first matchup. There was no Kamara in the first matchup. Dalton wasn't playing. I think it was Winston instead. Um, but yeah, as I said, they've given Tampa grief over the last few years and the NFC South is wide open. I think I'm going to side with the Saints, guys. I'm going to be honest. Uh, and then that leads me to my last one with the Eagles and Titans. It'll be really good to watch a strong run offense against a great run defense. Titans have been solid up front all year. Yes, they've had some injuries, but they're well coached. Um, I do like the Titans a lot. I think they're feisty, but look, Eagles are 10-1. and one. Granted, they haven't had the toughest of schedules, but I can't go against my birds. I'm picking the Eagles all the way. Yeah, there we go. I think they're going to be, it's going to be, yeah, matchups are a big thing. And Eric um, Henry, a few others are going to make make life a little bit uncomfortable there in Philly. All right, Riley, uh, yeah, take it away. Talk to us about your beloved Chicago Bears. I mean, it might end up being backup versus backup, depending on why Rogers sat out the game. Um, so... That'll be interesting. I still don't think the Bears are going to win either. Mooney's out. Um, we just can't seem to win anything, really. So I think regardless of who's quarterbacking the Packers, I think the Packers will end up getting it done, unfortunately. And Alex would probably cry and <laughs> mute me right now if she heard me. Um Raiders charges. I think this is interesting. Neither team is playing to their potential. I don't know if this is the game where they're both on. Um, I love the Raiders offense and I love the Chargers offense. So I hope it's just an absolute shootout. I want to see 150 ground yards from Jacobs and 
150 yards from Adams and Eckler just getting just all the catches from the backfield and Herbert. Like it, It'll be a great game. I hope it will be a great game anyway. Um, I'm going to go with the Raiders, not in overtime. They're going to win in regulation, I hope. Um, and then lastly, Bengals versus Chiefs. I'm going to pick the Bengals. I think the Chiefs are going to win, but I just can't do it against Joe and and who, who knows if Mixon comes back, but Samaj seems to be doing a great job on the ground. He's not getting a heap of yards, but he's getting hit at the line and making like four or five. Yeah. Like such good football IQ. He knows how to fall forward and Higgins and Boyd and some random Irwin guy with a disgusting mullet is catching balls, toe tapping on the sidelines. Like as good as the Chiefs are, I think the Bengals have enough firepower to keep up with them and their defense isn't terrible. So I think. I, I love that. That, that. that that would be a huge upset and a bit, bit of a hot take. I, I reckon the, the loss of Jamar Chase could be good for the Bengals because their offense, you know, once he comes back, um, you know, he's, he's got – because he didn't feel like Burrow has, you know, sort of got a got much of a combination with all his receivers this year. He's, he's been a bit out of sync, but um, he's figured it all out, hasn't he? So Jamar Chase, he's on his way back. Will he play in this game? We'll have to, we'll have to see. I'd be resting him for as long as possible because he's definitely um, – going to be a big factor to them if they can uh, get into the playoffs. All right, Laura, round us out. All right, I've got some pretty easy ones for you guys tonight. So Vikings and Jets. I mean, I think Mike White coming back to this Jets team changes their outlook. I don't think that we're going to see Zach back for the rest of the season. I hope not. I think it'd be the best thing for this team. They have a lot to work out. They are coming up against an outstanding offense, and I think the Vikings will take this one easily. But I do think it'll be a bit more of a contest than I would have thought a couple of days ago. Um, but so Vikings for that one. Rams and Seahawks. Well, thankfully, I can hopefully say this will be an easy Seahawks win. A disappointing loss against, um, oh gosh, who did we lose against? The Raiders. Disappointing loss against the Raiders in overtime. Um, I think, you know, Kenneth Walker is just going to be outstanding. I'm looking forward to next year once Rashad Penny comes back. Anyway, let's bring it back to right now. Um, Seahawks are playing good football. Our defense has copped a lot of injuries. Ryan Neal down today is a big loss. Um, but, you know, we're still controlling the pace. We're still getting the ball down the field. Geno Smith has just absolutely been exactly what this team needs. No ego. He's not a diva, like you mentioned earlier, Dan, and this team is gelling on offense. Um, I think that's an easy win. Rams also, what an absolute dumpster fire, but I don't care enough about them to talk about them. <laughs> Cowboys and Colts. I mean, come on, Cowboys, easily. What a fun football team to watch. I do enjoy watching them lose, but I, I think this team's absolutely got what it takes to potentially win more than one playoff game this year. Um Colts are just spit all over the place. So, yeah, no, easy Cowboys win for me. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and again, tuning in to a game to watch a defensive player, Michael Parsons, for those yeah. people that have been living under a rock, tune in. That that kid is that kid is something. All right, team, that's the end of our predictions. Uh, yeah, plenty of, um, plenty of exciting uh, movements that will be happening over the next few weeks as teams sort of desperately try and uh, secure their spot into the playoffs. Uh, as always, just really want to uh, thank all of our listeners for tuning into the NFL show. Uh, we love doing this, breaking down the games each and every week. Uh, Alex Barker will be back with you next week. But as always, enjoy NFL football and we will, uh, yeah, we'll talk soon.